Can you hear me all right? Oh, there we go. I'm going to spend it short. I hope each and every one of you have had a great week and a great start to your day this morning. And I mean that when I say that, because reality is some people come in here and they didn't have a great week and they haven't had a great start to their morning. That's reality. So I do mean that when I say that, because how often do we get caught up in saying something and we don't really ponder it, think about it, and mean it with our heart when we say it. It's kind of out of habit and kind of out of motion. So when I say I mean that this morning, because whatever you came in here with, I want you to be able to submit it to the Lord this morning, because we know in the Lord things can get turned around. They can get on the right track, amen? Just like when we sang out the hymns, we just had the blessing to sing out of all for Jesus and seek ye first. Do we mean that when we say that? You know, Are we crying that out to the Lord with all of our heart? I mean, in every word that we sing, that's so important. And that's what it's going to be about this morning is Christ. You're going to hear a lot of Christ. All for Jesus, like to him, seek ye first. It's going to be all about Jesus this morning as it should be. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you all an opportunity. You're going to feel like you had a little more exercise than normal this morning because how Brother Mark lets you greet each other. I'm going to give you a second chance right now to stand up, mean it when you say it. I want you to look at somebody, tell them good morning, and say it's all for Jesus. Do that with me this morning. Stand up. Mean it. Okay, you may be seated. Thank you very much for that. Hopefully you meant it with all your heart because it is all for Jesus. And that's why we're here this morning is to hear God's words and hear about Jesus. It's going to be all about Christ. And today we're going to talk about committing to Christ, connecting to Christ, and contributing to his kingdom. And when you put all three of those together, it unlocks the number one and most important key to freedom. So that's what we're going to be into today. And today, we're also going to start off by remembering that today is the day the Lord has made, and we get to be free and rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Amen. For those that don't know me, because I've seen a few new faces this morning, which I love to see, my name is Josh Atwell. I'm the assistant classic campus preacher, and I'm going to simply bring God's word this morning. And before we bring God's word, let's go to God with a word in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray. I pray specifically right now this morning, Lord, for perspective, that you'll uh, renew our perspective of what freedom really is and what it looks like to commit to you, connect to you and your son, Jesus Christ. I pray for perseverance, that through the times that we go through, the good and the bad times, there'll be a perseverance about us as your children to know that when we have that perspective, we know there's purpose. We know there's purpose, so I pray for purpose as well, that when we know why we're here and who we're here for, it kind of keeps everything in that big perspective that you are working in our lives and that others are watching what we do, how we live, how we handle situations. I pray for peace for those of us in here this morning that are having a rough time in our life right now, going through sickness and loss and, and and changes with jobs, and everything that we go through in this world, maybe even self-inward problems. I pray for peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding, so we can have a, a taste and know the freedom we have in you. 
That's my prayer this morning, Lord, is that your word goes out and it provides all of us because you are our provider. It's all about your son, Jesus Christ, and our freedom in him and in him alone. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So last week, Pastor Chris got to start us off in this series, Keys to Freedom. It's going to be a couple months long. Many of you know that. So it's going to be a great journey that we're going on together. And he started off talking about freedom. And you're going to hear a lot about that as that's kind of the whole concept behind the series is keys to freedom. So it's going to have a lot to do with that. And he got us off to a great start. We're going to use that as a bridge. And you'll hear the word freedom. You'll hear the word committing. You'll hear the word connecting. And you'll hear the word contributing this morning because that's really what it's all about in our lives. That's our purpose. So you'll hear a lot of that. This week, the title, if you grab the handout, is Committing and Connecting to Christ. Committing and Connecting to Christ. That's key one. It's the first key. And it's the first key for a great reason. Because without Christ and in Christ alone, you can forget all the other keys. You can forget freedom. You can forget true purpose in life because it's all wrapped up in Christ alone. It's all for Jesus, and we seek him first because he first sought us. The focus scripture, um, and it's going to take us a minute to get to it because we're going to spend some time defining the main hitters here, these words, because you have to know and define how fresh in your mind and heart to really bring it all together. But our focus scripture is going to be John 15. John 15, verses 1 through 17. It's on page 1126 if you're using the Bibles that are provided. But as you turn there and you get settled and you get ready, I want to ask you something. When is the last time, or when is a time in your life, I should say, that's even better, that you've made a big commitment? Who did you commit to or what did you commit to? Think about it for a moment. In your life, what was you committed to? How did you know you were committed to it? How did you know it? How did it change you? See, because that's a lot to do with commitment. For me, I think of my marriage to Donna. A lot of our minds go there immediately because marriage is the most important relationship on this earth other than your relationship with Jesus Christ. So when I made the commitment to marriage, what changed about me and my life? Basically everything. Habits went out the window. Perspective changed. I had a new purpose. There was no I in it. It wasn't about me. There was basically everything. Everything changed when I got married. And how did you know? A ring, the symbol. You knew I'm married because I have a ring on my finger. You knew I'm married because of the actions, the fruit that I produce. So you don't just say I love you. You don't just say I'm married. You walk the walk. You show it. And you show it in your love and in your actions. I think of sports. Wrestling, martial arts, I, I loved sports, and I, and I loved participating in them growing up. How did you know I was committed to that sport? Because I put in the work. I wanted to grow in it. I wanted to put in the training and the effort to get better at what I was called to do, to be a better wrestler, to be a better, better martial artist. And how did you know? That's how it changed me, because I had, that's where I showed up. That's what my time was invested in. That's what I did was I trained, I studied to master the craft as well as I could be with God's ability, obviously. And how did you know that? What was the fruit? Well, I was skinnier than a rail because I couldn't eat because I had to make weight, so you knew by how I appeared. My strength, you know, but you could see it. You could see that I did that and how I looked, how I appeared. See, a commitment causes change, and a commitment you know 
by what it produces and how you walk the walk. What's your commitment? What's in your mind right now when I say commitment? Because I ask us this morning, what about your commitment to Jesus Christ? Ask yourself, before you committed to Jesus Christ, how were you? And when you made that commitment, how did it change you? Think about that for a minute. How did it change your life as you look back? And how do people know that? What's the fruit? What's the contribution? How do people know that you are a child of God, that you follow Jesus Christ in your life? See, that's huge. And that's something to really do a self-examination on sometimes is, yeah, I committed to Christ. How did it change me? And how do others, how does this world know that? It's important to define that. So these three words, okay, I said you're going to hear a lot about them, committing, connecting, and freedom. You're going to hear a lot about those three words this morning. So I want to start off by defining them for a moment, okay? Freedom. What do we know about freedom? Well, this is what our world says about freedom. This is literally looking up the definition, okay? Freedom is the power or right to act or speak or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. Similar words were entitlement and privilege, Imagine a world like that where everybody said what they want, did what they wanted, was what they wanted, could be what they wanted, do what they wanted without restraint. Actually, I see some smiles because that's a lot like today, isn't it? Be what you want, say what you want, do what you want. It's all about me, all about I, right? That's freedom. See, that's, the, that's literally the world definition of freedom when you look it up. That's what you'll find in the dictionary, at least when I looked it up. But see, we go to the Bible. And what do we know about freedom in God's word? What's God's view of freedom? I'll give you a couple examples. Galatians 5.1, Paul writes, For freedom, Christ has set us free. So we know that freedom is the reason Christ has set us free. So we know that about freedom. And it says, because of this freedom that we're called to have, we stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So because of this freedom, we are free from slavery. See, I like to look at it like this in my own life. One sentence I just love is, when I think of freedom, I think, I once was dead, now I'm alive. What better freedom can you get than that? I once was dead, now I'm alive. There once was slavery to sin, now there's obedience, hopefully, most of the time. There once was eternal death, now there's eternal life. There once was separation from God. Now there's a relationship with God, all in Christ alone. That's freedom. And knowing the fact that I will never go back to that. No, no more. So once you have salvation, you have salvation. If it's a true commitment to Christ, that's freedom. What else do we know about freedom? Freedom is a calmness. This is some of the definitions I looked up that actually fit pretty well. Freedom is Calmness, these are all words that was in associated with it in the definition. Calmness, confidence, peace, trust, purpose. We talked about purpose a little bit earlier. And a full trust. That's freedom, and those fit pretty well. When they interview prisoners getting out of jail, this is one of the most common phrases they, they hear when they interview a prisoner getting out of jail. This is what the prisoner says to them when they're asked. Walking out, of jail, walking out of a jail cell doesn't make this prisoner free. Finding purpose and connection, there's that connecting one, finding purpose and connection does. 
See, that's an idea of freedom. It's not a world definition. That's more of the freedom we have in Christ. So what about commitment? How do you define commitment? This definition fit, fit really well, actually. Looking it up, it said, a commitment is to carry something out, to be fully devoted, unlimited, completely trusting, all in. That's a commitment, and that makes sense. Because if you match that up with God's Word, this is a few things God's Word says about commitment. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit. And see if that fits in this, in this scripture right here. Commit, be fully devoted, be all in your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. That fits and it aligns with his will in our life. Psalm 37.5, commit, be fully devoted, unlimited, full trusting God. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. He will give you freedom. That fits so well, that commitment. And then Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Again, trust in who? All in Christ, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make, your stri- make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. I love that. Full commitment. And that matches well with what God's Word says. Connecting. And we're going to get to the Bible definition and what it says about connecting, because that's where we're going to camp out a little bit this morning. But you'll see that it matches really well. Maybe as good, if not better, as commitment. Listen to this for connecting. To connect is to attach, to join together. And I love this because I never would have thought about this. But literally, this is what it said in our dictionaries. Connecting is the way to provide access and communication. I love that. It's the way, it's how we have access in Christ alone. It's how we receive communication by connecting to Christ. And here's the word that I love the most for that definition. Connect is to abide. To connect is to abide. And we'll get, that, get into that in a moment. So when you put all three of those together, you basically have the title of the sermon. Committing and connecting to Christ. And then you could put a little equal sign if you wanted there because that's the formula to true freedom. That's the main key is in Christ alone. So that's going to get us to our first point, commit. Step one, commit. You got to commit to Christ, obviously, right? So your first fill-in this morning is we must die to self in order to commit to Christ. We must die to self in order to commit to Christ. It all starts there with step one, because you're not connecting to Christ if you're not committed to Christ. You're not having freedom if you're not committed to Christ. And like we said this morning, you can't just say it. you got to mean it. Paul knew all about this. Paul in Galatians 2.20 says, and let me remind you of Paul. Talk about dirt in your life. Talk about sin. Talk about getting it all wrong. Many of us in here know that. Paul's a great example for that at a stage in his life. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. In who? In the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. See, Paul knew all about it. Maybe you're in here this morning and you don't know Christ and you need to die to self. You need to experience true freedom that only Christ can bring. See, there's only one way to do that. There's only one way to truly commit to Christ in your life. 
Once again, Paul knew all about that. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, these are the words the Holy Spirit inspires Paul to write with the one way. He says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, but here you go, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can't just say it. You can't just say it and not mean it. It's not here. It's here. You believe it with all your heart. You mean what you're saying. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. You believe it, and you say it, and you speak it. Many of us in here know that. We've done that. That's the way that you commit to Christ, with all your heart. There's no other way. Jesus gave it all on the cross, 100%. Why would he, why would he not expect 100% of us, you know? He didn't die for 50% of your sin. That wouldn't be right, would it? So we don't give him 50% of us. It's all your heart, all your commitment, everything you have. That is what it's all about. That's dying to self. There's no I in it no more. Kind of like a marriage at a whole nother level. It's not about you. It's not about why is this happening to me, God? That's not the right question to ask is why me, God? The right question to ask is how can I, God? In the midst of what you have me in, it's not why me. It's how can I glorify you? I've been saying that a lot in my life recently. Throughout my day, I've been asking myself, am I glorifying God right now in what I'm thinking and what I'm saying and what I'm, and what I'm doing? Despite my situation, am I glorifying God in it all? There's no I in it. That's not freedom. That's temporary happiness. We know what freedom isn't. Freedom isn't of this world. It isn't getting what we want, saying what we want. Sometimes that can bring us temporary happiness, but that's not going to bring us the eternal freedom in all situations that we can find. We must die to self. It's not about us no more. That's the perspective, and that's what it's all about. We mean it with all of our heart. Earlier, I talked about the commitment. What's one way that you know that you committed to Christ? You probably, hopefully, were thinking about all the ways you've changed, how the world knows things God's worked you through, through you. Well, I want to give you one way that fits every single one of us in this room. We all have this in common. You want to know one way you know if you have committed to Christ? Here's a great test for you right now. You will despise sin and desire connection. You will despise sin and you will desire connection. You won't be passive with sin. You'll realize the severity of it. It will make you sick to your stomach at times. But you'll know that you have Jesus and you can repent and he forgives. But then there's that conviction in you that don't let you fall back into it. And when you do, you keep fighting, you keep swinging, and you keep running, and you repent, and you repent. And you will be forgiven, and he will mature you. He will give you freedom, and he'll escape you from that trap in your life. So if you can shake your head this morning or you can say, yeah, I desire connection with Christ and I despise the sin of my life, past, present, and future, it's a good sign you've committed to Christ. And that brings us to our second point this morning. Our second point is when we commit to Christ, we will desire to connect to Christ. When we commit to Christ, we will desire to connect to Christ. And I want you to look for three main things as I read John 15 this morning, okay? It's a lengthy read, but that's why we're here this morning, right? You're not here to see a, see a pastor, hear a pastor. You're here to hear God's word. You're here to worship God. So we're going to read this. I really want you to stay tuned in and let God work in your heart as I read this because I want you to listen for three words 
And notice how many times you hear them and see them. Abide in and fruit. Okay? Abide in and fruit. Look for them and listen to these words, okay? I hope you hear it so much that, that later on when you're eating dinner tomorrow morning when you're in the shower, you can't stop saying abide and in and fruit because you've heard them so many times, okay? Here you go. John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. This is Jesus speaking. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you love one another. A lot there. Obviously, we can't dig into all that this morning as much as I would love to do that. But you heard abide, you heard in, and you heard fruit a bunch of times. I think abide's 10 or 11 times, fruit's like 7 times, and in I got a headache trying to count. But there, you hear it a lot. It's there all over in that scripture because it's in Christ alone. It's what we do. We're the branches. See, you look at God in that passage, in that section of scripture, and God is the vine dresser. God is sovereign over all things. God does the growing. He does the building. He does the sanctification in us. He does the pruning, it says. And Jesus is the vine. Jesus is the vine. Jesus is the divine vine. That's who it's all in and through. That's where we get our, that's who feeds us. That's where our nutrients come from. That's where our power comes from. See, if you really look in there, what do the branches do? What do we do? We abide and we bear fruit. We abide and produce. We abide and contribute. That's what we do. We abide in Christ and in his love. That's what we do. So what's abide? We talked about that earlier. Abide is to dwell. Abide is to stay. Abide is to remain. I love 
uh, this, I got, I'll give this analogy because this helped me a lot. I was trying to think of a good way, and Donna knew I was going to be speaking about Abide a little bit this morning. And one of our, her sisters in Christ, my sister in Christ too, obviously, but a good friend of Donna and ours, she gave it, she had listened to Dr. Tony Evans, and I haven't heard him a bunch, a couple times, but I love this analogy he gives for this. It, that, it helped. He speaks to Abide, and he says, Abide to some is like drinking tea. Okay, I don't know how many tea drinkers we have in here, but I like this, okay, if you follow this. I'll try not to butcher it. He says, you have two types of tea drinkers. You have dippers and you have abiders, okay? The dippers take their tea, okay? They take their cup in the water and they take their tea and they dip it in and bring it out and bring it in and bring it out and bring it in and bring it out. That's a dipper. And then they got to wrap the string around the spoon, and they got to push down on the tea to get it into the water so the tea gets into the water and the water gets into the tea. And being a dipper is a lot of work. See, you don't really see you, you're waiting for the transformation, but it takes so much work because you're dipping. See, the Christian life, you can't be a dipper. The Christian life, you got to be an abider. And the Christian life, you take it and you just dive in. You go all in. It's a full commitment. It's a full connection to Christ. You stay. You dwell. You remain. And Christ does the work. See? Because you look in there, that cup and you'll see a transformation occur without too much, too, too long of time passing. You'll see the transformation. Because the water was made for the tea. And the tea was made for the water. See, that's the Christian life. See, we got to dive in. we got to be all in. We have to abide in Christ. And I promise you this. You stay attached to Christ and never let go, and you remain and you dwell, you'll see the transformation occur. You'll see freedom. You have to abide. You have to be all in. You have to dive in for Christ, not dip. So how do we do that? How do we abide? Well, one way is prayer, right? We pray. Church, attend church, attend community groups, get, get connected in small group, and get in God's Word. How many times have we heard all these? We've all heard all these. So I, actually, we probably hear, if you count how many times a year you hear these, it's a bunch. Oh, yeah, I pray, I go to church, I come here, yeah, I pray. What else can I do, you know? But the problem is, too many of us are dippers at times in our life, see? We pray before we eat, no other times. We get in a routine. See, and sometimes a routine is good if it holds you accountable, you know. If you know you're going to pray before you eat, that's good. I'm not saying that's bad. I pray before I eat. But when it becomes a habit and you say it, like we did this morning with good morning, you say it but you don't mean it, then that's not good. That's a habit. See, when we pray, we pray. See, we pray in the morning. We pray before we eat. We pray at night. We pray through the day. So we don't dip in prayer. Ah, things are, I'm sad right now. I'm going to pray to God. Now things are good. Who's God? See, we don't dip. When we go to church, you don't dip in church when life's rough. Yeah. You dip in church when there's a conviction from God that he wants to transform you in your life a little bit now. He wants to work in your life a little bit now. And for all that's different timing. For some of us, when we're 30, some 10, some 70, whenever, God puts that on your heart. But then that's when you kind of quit dipping in church because you're not here for you. You're here to get equipped and go, but we're here to worship God. That's why you don't dip in church. 
And you don't dip in community groups. See, you show up to your community group. This keys to freedom group. We're all in prayer. Obviously, God works through this. And there's going to be a lot of laughs in these groups, a lot of great times, a lot of connection. That's healthy because that's what we're called to have and do, right? But you know what? It's about Christ. It's in Christ alone. When you show up to your group, you shouldn't just be leaving saying, that was so funny. That was a blast. You know, I mean, that, that, you know, we should say that, right? We should say that. But you should leave knowing that you're connecting to Christ. You're connecting to his body. Then all the laughs and the good times and the joy, that'll come. God will work that out. But Christ comes first. And then the word. What was the tea bag going in the water? It was saturating. You saturate yourself with Scripture. How do you abide in Christ? You saturate yourself in Scripture. If you came in here this morning, like I said earlier, you're going through a rough time. Do you know Scripture as your, as your rock, as your tool that you can just say and say and say during those hard times to give you power, to give you strength? Because we have to have the power. I think of it like a refrigerator. Well, actually, what did Scripture say? If you're apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. It said you can do some things. You, you'll be 50%. It says nothing. Nothing means nothing of spiritual value. If you're not attached to Christ, it's like, think of your body as a refrigerator. That's about some of us, we really can think of our body as a refrigerator. And think of what's in you is what's in that refrigerator. Actually, for a lot of us, a lot of what's in the refrigerator is in us. But seriously, think about that for a minute. Your body is a, you are a refrigerator and your body is everything in that refrigerator. What happens if it's not plugged into the power source? Everything in it's lukewarm. Everything in it's rotten. Everything in it's distasteful. Worthless, basically. And getting ready to get thrown into the trash. See, that's a branch that isn't connected. That's going to be cut off. That's going to wither. That's going to be thrown into the fire. See, when we're truly connected to Christ, there's change, there's fruit. We're connected to the power source. It's not going to be distasteful. We're never getting thrown away and tossed in the trash. It's all about connecting to the power source. It's all about connecting to Christ. So we commit and we connect, which kind of leads us into our point three pretty well. Point three is we connect to Christ when we connect to Christ, we will obey his commands, we will obey our calling, and we will contribute to his kingdom. Now, a couple things with this. One, has it ever felt like when you connect to Christ, sometimes it gets harder, your life gets harder? Yeah. Sometimes when we're growing, when God's working in our life, the enemy don't like that. That's when the traps come, right? Maybe you're in here this morning and you thought you're not good enough. Ah, eh, I got to... I do, I have too much sin in my life. There's too many things I got to get right before I can get to Christ instead of the other way around. I got to get to Christ so I can get right, you know. But we have these traps. Maybe it's inward for you. Maybe you're struggling with something. You just don't feel, maybe you was on fire at one point in your life and now you just kind of dried out. Whatever that is, the enemy working in your mind right now. See, that's a trap. See, we got to overcome those traps. And we just said how we overcome those traps is not in you. It's not in I. It's in Christ alone. It's in prayer. It's in community. It's in church. And it's in God's word. So we got to watch those traps because when we connect to Christ, we're going to obey his commands. The enemy don't like that. He's going to throw traps. We will obey his calling. The enemy don't like that. And we will contribute to his kingdom. And trust me, the enemy really don't like that. 
when we talk about contributing, contributing to his kingdom and obeying our calling, notice in that passage, it said that all these things I have spoken to you. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that what? That my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. He's talking to his disciples right here who he knows aren't going to have all these joyful times coming up. But it's freedom. It's freedom in Christ despite the situation. See, that's so we are called to freedom. And I love how the last verse in this matches up because we keep talking fruit. Earlier in Galatians 5.13, we said, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. What's the last verse, 17, say? These things I command you so that you will what? Love one another. It's all about one another. See, when we handle situations in life, when our freedom is in Christ, when we're obeying our calling, when we're doing our purpose in this world, it's all about one another. When you're overcoming cancer with a strength, I have a family member right now that has cancer, and I asked her how we can pray for her specifically, and she smiled, smiled with tears in her eyes, because it's not easy, right? That don't mean it's easy. There were tears in her eyes, her eyes. But you should have seen her heart speaking through her mouth. She said, pray that I finish strong and in a way pleasing to the Lord. You talk about fruit. You talk about a peace that surpasses all understanding. And you talk about a world that witnesses that and sees that. That's contributing. That's fruit in our life. I witnessed her saying that, and I obviously still remember it right now because I'm sharing it with you. See, God uses those to impact our lives. That's a peace that surpasses all understanding. That's freedom, knowing what's to come, that it's not in this world. I love this world. I don't know what you're going through right now, but let that encourage you that you have Christ, and it's about how you can glorify him and see him in your moment, not looking back and saying, ah, once again, God worked in my life. You know, he strengthened me a lot through that tough time. What about seeing him in that tough time, seeing God work in your life, and you produce fruit? See, there's three types of fruit. See, there's three characteristics of fruit. One, fruit always bears the characteristic of the tree of which it's a part of. Fruit always bears the characteristic of the tree of which it's a part of. If you're a part and connected to Jesus Christ, you're going to reflect Jesus Christ. You're going to be an image of Jesus Christ to other people. You're going to produce what Jesus produces because he's producing it through you. The second is fruit is visible. We keep talking about how. How do you know? How do you know you're committed? How are you connected? How do you know that you have freedom in your life? Because there's fruit. Fruit's always visible. And the third thing about fruit, if you think about it, fruit is always for the benefit of someone else. Fruit don't eat itself. If it eat itself, it's what? Rotten, right? Fruit is always for the benefit of another. We have Christ for the benefit of others. We serve one another. Your freedom comes because you realize you've died to self. It's not about you. And when we can get that perspective, when we can realize that, everything changes. See, many people want to date Jesus. They want to see him when they want, when it's good, when it's fun. But Jesus wants a ring. Jesus wants a marriage. Jesus wants a commitment. And that's what it takes. Because if you're in Christ and Christ is in you, that means the Spirit is in you. And what's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. Actually, I'll read it. Galatians 5, 22 through, 20, 22 through 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Listen to these. Love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. But see, it don't end there. That's where a lot of people memorize the fruit of the Spirit and they stop and think, I got the fruit of the Spirit. But listen to the rest. And those who belong to Christ Jesus, they've, been cruci- they've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. They despise sin. They despise what this world offers, thinking freedom's going to come through it. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Those tough times you're going through where you're producing that fruit of the Spirit in the moment, like we're called to do, you're being obedient, it's because you can have Philippians 1, 6 in your heart, and you probably do if you do that, because you know, it's Paul's writes, am I am sure of this, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work, some of you probably already know where this is going, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Freedom is knowing what's to come, regardless of what you're going through. Showing full trust, full devotion. True faith is a proven faith. A true faith is a proven faith. And that's what your freedom's coming through to impact you and to impact others. Who has the handout, the fill-ins? Not the verse. It was, yeah, that's two different things. Who has the fill-ins and your, the fill-in-the-blanks? Raise them up if you would. Okay. Quite a bit of people do. That's good. You guys love Jesus. That's good. So, so I'm going to read something. Okay? I'm going to read something. I want you to read it with me. Okay? I'll say the first word. Well, I'm trying to think how this don't sound all butchered and us in sync like we've rehearsed this. Without any rehearsal, okay? I'm going to count to three. Let's try that. And see the key point? See where it says key point right there. I'm going to read it first, okay, while you fill it in, and then we're all going to read it together, okay? So you fill this in as I read it first, okay? I'll go slow because this brings all this together this morning, okay? The key point. Transformation requires a total commitment and connection to Christ. I can't simply offer part of my heart and life to God and expect to walk in freedom. I'm going to say it one more time by myself. Transformation requires a total commitment and connection to Christ. I can't simply offer part of my heart and life to God and expect to walk in freedom. Now, we talked committing, we talked connection, we talked freedom. I want to read this together out loud on the count of three, okay? Mean it when you say it with your heart. One, two, three. Transformation requires a total commitment and connection to Christ. I can't simply offer part of my heart and life to God and expect to walk in freedom. 100% commitment, totally all in for Jesus. That's freedom. I like to think of a swimmer. When I was driving up 71, God put this on my heart. Because this is another thing that helped me. Think of a swimmer for a minute. If Mark tells me he's going, if, if you know, I'm sorry, I won't pick on Mark because Mark, I know, I know him. He would do it. He would just dive right in. That's what Mark does. So think of a swimmer for a minute. Somebody tells you they're going swimming, okay? And you see them. You see them at the pool. But they're, they're not wet. They got the suit on. But maybe they're no more laying out. You know, they say, I'm going swimming. But you see them in the pool and they got the suit on. They're, they're never wet. See? They're not a swimmer. They're not swimming. See, they kind of, you see them where they go like this. Dip, dip, dip in the water, right? 
kind of go back to their blanket and their towel, right? Yeah, dippers, kind of dippers at the swimming pool, right? They never get wet, you know what I mean? They never dive in. They're dippers. And then the heat's beating on them, kind of like life gets rough on us, can get hot at times, can beat us up. That heat's beating on them, and they want the refreshing. They want the refreshing, but instead they're taking the heat because they won't dive in, they won't get wet. See, for us, brothers and sisters, we can't just wear the suit. We can't just look the part. If we say we're going swimming, if, we're say we're, if we say we're in Christ and we're committed to connecting, we got to dive in. we got to be all in. Then when that heat gets us, we have the refreshing. We read it in Proverbs earlier, right? Refreshment to my bones. That's freedom. But we got to dive in. we got to commit. I love Warren Wearsby. As we get ready to close, I'm going to read this from Warren Wearsby, and then I have a challenge for all of you. Warren Wearsby says this. This is his secret. Five secrets to living in freedom. Check this out. Kind of to put the, to the finishing touch on it and help bring it all together like what you just read. Here's what he says. He says, the secret to freedom, the secret to living in freedom is the secret to living is fruit bearing. The secret to fruit bearing is abiding. The secret to abiding is obeying. The secret to obeying is loving. And the secret to loving is knowing. Now, that brings us full circle, right? Knowing who? Knowing Christ. And say those backwards now. Because when you know Christ, you love. When you love, you obey. When you obey, you abide. And when you abide, you bear fruit. And when you do that, you're committing, you're connecting, and you're contributing to God's kingdom. That's our purpose. That's freedom. So many of you this morning need to be all in. Hopefully on your heart this morning, God has put, you know, I can connect more. I can have a better perspective today. My day can turn around. I want to challenge you. Who received this? Receive one of these. Hopefully everybody did. You don't need to read it out loud. I'm going to read it, okay? Here's my challenge to you. Very simple this morning as we close. I want you, starting tomorrow morning, read this before you get moving. I want you at night, starting tonight, read this before you get moving. If you can't read, have somebody read it to you. Turn it on audio. I'll tell you what verse it is in a moment. Throughout your day, starting today, twice a day, let's leave it, twice a day is my challenge to you. Read this. And when you read it, you can have a notebook beside you and take notes of what God puts on your heart. Or you can just read it. And I ask that you pray over it and you listen. You don't just read it and get moving. I want you to read this verse. I'm going to read it to you right now, okay? I want it to remind you to commit and connect, Okay? James 4, verses 7 and 8. Submit. Brothers and sisters, commit. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. Resist those traps. Resist what's holding you back, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God. Abide. Connect. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. How do you cleanse your hands? How do you purify your hearts? You don't. You draw near to God, you connect. Will you read that tonight? Will you read it in the morning? All week, can this take you one step? Because I promise you this, and I can promise you this, because I'm this confident in God's word. If you dive all in, if you don't dip, see, if you go all in and you connect to Christ, 
all this week, you'll see your mindset change. You'll learn some things, and I guarantee you, you will see the transformation occur. I'm going to close us in prayer. And as we do, on my way to church this morning, God put this on my heart. And I resisted and said, no, God, I don't want to do that, but we're going to do it. I want you to stand as I pray, and I want you to connect with somebody. You can touch their shoulder. You can intertwine arms. But I want you to make contact with another person in here right now. Stand up. As I pray, I want us to be connected. And I want us to connect to the Lord right now. Let me pray. Our Heavenly Father, we, we're committed to you. We're committed to you, God. We want to connect to you. We want to abide. We want to have the proper perspective, the purpose, the perseverance, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Our situations, let us glorify you in them. It don't mean it's easy. Freedom isn't an easy life. Freedom is you using our rough times to prove our faith, to prove our strength, to, to know that we know how to handle them, to know that you have it under control regardless. You have it under control. And to fully devote and trust in that. I pray as we go through this study of keys to freedom, we will be like this. We will be connected. Serve one another. Love one another like we never have before over these next couple months. That lives will change because we know you will change them. We need to get out of the way and let you work, God. Let it be all about your son, Jesus Christ. All for Jesus. Seeking Jesus first. It's in his name I pray. Amen.